This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Welcome to Tech Talk this morning. I'm Richard Bradbury. Um, It's one of those shows where we kind of explore the intersection of technology and humanity. And today I'm joined by Sarah Vance, who's the Director of Technology Community Relations at Progress. We're going to be looking into a critical yet often overlooked aspect of our digital world, human-centered design, especially in the context of accessibility for people with disabilities. Now, globally, a significant portion of the population lives with some form of disability, with the Asia-Pacific region alone accounting for over 650 million individuals. In countries like Malaysia, the official figures, which are considered understated, indicate that only a small fraction of those living with disabilities are registered. This demographic is growing, particularly with an aging population, which highlights a pressing need for inclusive tech. So Sarah's here. She's going to help me shed some light on the importance of designing digital experiences that are truly inclusive and accessible to everyone, including those with disabilities. We're going to be discussing the principles of human-centered design, its necessity in today's world, and the risks businesses face if they fail to adapt to these inclusive practices. We're going to be exploring how to effectively implement human-centric design and the benefits that it brings. Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be here. Now, um, for the people listening at home, um, I've used the phrase human-centered design a few times. For those that are listening that might not know what that is, can you just quickly define that term? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at its core, human-centered design is thinking about the humans who are using your your products, your applications, your tools, um, and and focusing on what's important to them. Um, mm. You talk about, about the number of people with disabilities. One thing that people don't often think about is that at some point in our lives, everybody will have a disability of some kind. We think about things like disabilities being permanent, but they could be temporary. You could break a bone. Uh, you mm. could even be carrying a baby and trying to complete a task on your phone. And that makes you impaired in some way, shape or form. And so if we're not thinking about the way humans interact with technology, uh, if we're not designing for those scenarios, then we're not, we don't have a human-centered design approach. Right. Okay. So tell me a little bit about, about progress then uh, and what progress actually do? So progress is a software company and um, we create tools uh, and products that help companies develop, deploy and manage high impact applications. Um, so we have a whole slew of, of, uh, of products that make it easier for technology professionals to create applications that humans use. Right. So how is human-centered design integrated into the, I guess, the development process of your products? And what impact do you think that this uh, overall philosophy has over the end user experience? When we think about uh, user-centered design um, and how we implement that into our products, Progress is really focused on, on ensuring that our tools and products give the best experience for the people who are creating the applications, but also so that those people can create applications that can be used uh, by by anybody, regardless of their um, their physical, mental, or you know, any kind of uh, ability right. or ability. We're, we're making sure that the products are created um, so that 
everybody can use them. There's, you know, it's not just about accessibility, it's about inclusivity as well. Right, and- right. Yeah. And, and that's that's so important when creating software moving forward. Um, okay. Now, you guys emphasize, as you mentioned, inclusive and accessible tech solutions. Can you give me maybe a, a specific example of how these uh, principles are implemented, especially for, you know, people with disability? Absolutely. So there could be things like um, being able to to have keyboard support when you create an application. Or um, if somebody has, even thinking about things like um, somebody who's colorblind, they're not yeah. going to be able to contrast on a yeah. on an, an application. Um, so we have we have design tools for our developers that allow them to create um, to theme their applications appropriately, so that the colors are color contrasts are, are accurate. You know, thinking about things like um, you know audit people with auditory challenges being able to. Um, if you have an, an audio element of your application, making sure that they can actually access and use the application just the same way someone who doesn't have that. So that might mean um, you have um, captions on your on your application so that people can actually read and and but still understand and have the same experience that somebody who doesn't have that. Right, right. Yeah. Um, you know, and we even think about things when you're looking at a, um, you know, maybe somebody who has visual impairments needs um, a screen reader or or Braille, right? Mm. All of those things are things that people should be, developers should be thinking about as they're mm. creating applications. And uh, we're building tools that has that built, those, those capabilities built in. Mm. Whereas I, I'm imagining previously, these were something that would be like a second thought and an and, 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 and addition, you know? 100%. Right, yep. right. Yeah. And yep. what, kind of, what kind of business impact, I guess, and, uh, does this have, you know? What have been the, the like the, the tangible benefits of, of adopting this uh, approach of progress when it when it comes to stuff like customer satisfaction, market differentiation, differentiation? Yeah, well, I mean, think about there's an article in Forbes where uh, they said seven in ten website visitors who have a disability, um, if they'll leave the website if it's not accessible. That's seventy percent, right? So when when we think about it from our perspective. We know that um, by making our tools accessible so people can build applications that are accessible, um, we are we're catering to a much, much larger audience. Um, and, you know, people will leave if, if they can't use your tool, plain and simple, if they can't access That's your it. Website. I mean, it's no different than, you know, if somebody tries to buy something from your store, a brick mm. and mortar store, and the door is locked, right? Mm. I mean, you think about it that way, um, if, if you're not creating accessible applications, you're locking the door for a lot of people. Mm. So during the the research for, for this interview, I was reading about a few different things. And one of the things that I came across was this built-in 2023 Moxie Award. Um, and, I, and I've probably not pronounced it correctly, but um, how do stuff like, you know, these recognitions, these leadership awards, like the built-in 2023 Moxie Award, how do they kind of reflect on your guys' commitment to this design in your in your products and your services, because obviously you know if you're being awarded for it, you're doing right. the right thing. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, and that is really what it comes down to, right? There are laws, there are regulations, there are rules about why you should, you know about accessibility, but at the end of the day, it is just the right thing, and it's yeah. something that we're we are passionate about. Not not just because in a lot of cases, that's what you're you know legally that's what you're supposed to do, but because. We believe at our core at Progress that 
we should be building and we should also be enabling people to build applications that that can be accessed by it by anybody. And so I think yeah. it reflects it reflects our core values in a lot of ways, right? Yeah. That that is who we are as an organization. And that makes the rest of this, um, you know, it's a topic I'm personally passionate about, um, but it, it makes it so much easier um, to, to talk about it um, because it's something we truly believe in. Right. T- tell, just to kind of go off script a little bit then, tell me, yeah. tell me about that passion. Why is it that for you, it's something you're so passionate about? What, what where did that come from? You know, I, it, it stemmed from the idea that as our reliance on technology becomes more and more, right? And I think the pandemic accelerated that for so many people. There were so many apps um, and that were just apps of convenience originally yeah. that became apps of necessity. Um, wow. I'm I'm a people person. I love to connect with people. And being able to, to leverage technology during a time when we couldn't see people face-to-face, um, to me, elevated that that passion because now I want to I, I if I couldn't see somebody in person I wanted to make sure that I could see and talk and interact with anybody wow. um, and it accelerated a lot of innovation from a technology perspective you know, the need for what um, but that also means that some of the people who have the most uh, the deepest needs right the people who need to go to a doctor the need you know who, who need medication those people oftentimes do have a disability of some in some way, yeah. shape, or form, and so if they couldn't access those things, um, that's that's a travesty, right? And it's yeah. And, and and so as we've come out of that that world, the world has changed for all of us, right? And yeah. and even the way people operate um, is super. Um, it, it's different than it was before, and and mm. we rely on technology as a society, as a global society, in ways that we never did before. Mm. And so we only make that something that. The younger generations can handle, or if right. we only make that something that that people who have um, no current disabilities, we are leaving out a whole host of people, and mm. and and that's not something we should ever do as humans, <laughs> right? Uh, agreed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a, yeah. I mean we we talk about you know technology being this this wonderful gateway and how it enables us to be able to do anything, be anywhere, communicate with anybody at any time, right. w- which it does if you're able-bodied, able-sighted, right. able of, able of hearing. But if you are ever so slightly um, disabled in, in any way, you know, it becomes not just a struggle, but it, it well, yeah, it, it becomes a struggle. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, and how many times have you tried to access something using technology, right? And from an application, mm. and you hit a roadblock, and mm. how frustrating that is. And if it's your only option, right? If mm. that's your only way to, you know, it could be as simple as as boarding an airplane, right? Or yeah, yeah. Actually, I'm getting ready to uh, this week. I'm taking my daughter and her boyfriend to, and and my brother to a an ice hockey game, and the way they deliver the tickets is is online, which is right. Except for the fact that every every place does it differently, and and even buying from this site that I've bought from many many times, they deliver the tickets in a million different ways. Again, mm. this is not out of necessity, right? This is mm. this is something fun that I'm doing, but still, they've delivered the tickets, and there's a part of me that's very nervous. That how is this going to work when I get there? There's yeah. there's there's anxiety. Now we're saving the you know the planet a little bit by not printing out a lot of paper, but by the same token. If we're not giving an experience that's that's easy, if we're making people think about their experiences, right, 
That's and that goes beyond um, even it being accessible. That's just being human centric, like making yeah. it easy to use. Yeah. And so, you know, I think we have a long way to go still as mm. a as a society. We have a long way to go as technologists, mm-hmm. um, making sure that we're creating applications that are easy to use that, that mm. don't make people think. Right? It shouldn't be technology. The best technology, the best user experience, is one that that doesn't make you pause, that allows you to complete whatever task you're trying to do without thinking about it. Right. So menus are in the right place. And the colors, as we talked about, color contrast yeah. um, is, is, is correct. Um, that people understand what steps they need to take. And that should be, that's something we should be doing for everybody. And so mm. when you're thinking about that, you also then need to be taking into consideration as technologists, we need to be thinking about how do we make sure that not only are these steps the right steps for us to take uh, for, you know, just for the right journey, but then also to make sure that it's inclusive for people mm. who have some disabilities. Yeah, I mean, the reason I bring this up is because my my late mother, one, her issue was she was not technologically savvy at all. You know, yeah. she'd been in a, in her and my father, my father had done everything for her, you know, from, from the very beginning of time, almost. You know, he'd done her banking, he'd done her shopping, he'd done everything. And so when he passed away, the knowledge that she had to learn, uh, the things that she had to learn, w- was so heavy on her. You know, even yeah. little things like using an ATM w- was something that she just couldn't get her head around. And online banking in particular w- w- became that fear for her because, you know, she grew up in that phase where the internet was something that came obviously very late in her life. She read all of these horrible stories about people being hacked and losing money in their banks. And the very fact that she couldn't speak to a real person, uh, per se, became that barrier for her and became that kind of, um, yeah, that that place where tech started to scare her. Right. Because there was nobody she could speak to to help her through that process. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Had there been stuff, you know, available for her at the time that was designed with her in mind, you know, I, I think she would have had a much easier time, uh, you know, in, in getting things done. Right. A hundred percent. And again, you know, when you start thinking about just design and creating applications to begin with, some of the things that people need to be thinking about are as on the technology side are all of the use cases, right? And and yeah. your mother is a prime example, right? It, everybody's going to need to bank. Every adult needs to bank, right? And if yeah, we yeah. make this, it, it, as technologists, we get excited, right? About new technology and, and yeah. how, oh, uh, you know, look what we could do if we did this, if we did that, not taking into consideration the the um, the pain that we could be causing people, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. when you think about not just accessibility, but inclusivity, you need to be thinking about all of those use cases and, and it's oftentimes people will say, oh, we don't want to build for the, the fringe case. Now, your mother in that scenario is not a fringe case because there are a lot of elderly people who yeah. are not. Um, but but there might be some that are fringe where if you actually stop and think about it and say, you know what, if I built for this scenario, if I built for this person and just fix this pain, um, even in this fringe case, it might actually make your application better across the board. And when mm. we're thinking about that, that also, I mean, it, it's a fairly simple proposition. If I make my application easy to use, people are going to use it. 
And if people use my application, that means they're spending money and they're or purchasing or, you know, so from a business perspective, tying it back to the business, it is huge making sure yeah. that you have accessible, inclusive, easy to use applications. Uh -huh. um, people can use them, they will, right? I mean, exactly. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Okay. Hold that thought, Sarah. Let's take a short break. Um, folks, I'm on the phone with Sarah Fats. She's the Director of Technology Community Relations at Progress. We're delving into a critical yet often overlooked aspect of our digital world, human-centered design, uh, especially in the context of accessibility for people with disabilities and differently abled people, of course. This is Tech Talk here on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Build Fairer Malaysia, BFM 89.9, The Business Station. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. My name is Rich Bradbury. Welcome back to Tech Talk. We're exploring this intersection of tech and humanity, and I've spoken about this multiple times here on the show about how uh, an important bridge that often is, and often that bridge is often overlooked, I'm joined by Sarah Fats. She's the Director of Technology Community Relations at Progress. We're looking at um, a thing that's critical and often overlooked. It's uh, human-centered design. We've explained what that is at the beginning of the show. If you missed that part, go back and have a listen to the podcast. I'm not going to tell you all about it again. Now, um, Sarah, thank you very much for sticking with us. Um, and, and I guess what I want to ask you now is about community engagement. Um, you you have this thing called Dev Reach, which which I've read a little bit about. Yes, uh, not not much. How does stuff like that encourage and promote this human centered design practice amongst other developers? How important is that for you to get other developers in a room and talk about this and sit them down and say, "Hey, do you know about this? Do you understand why this is important?" Yes, I mean to me, it's well, to me, it's hugely important to be able to, um, as a developer. People often think about things like, you know, they, they're thinking about code, they're t thinking about their application logic, they're thinking about the technology. And again, mm. you know, we've talked about the fact that, that technologists get excited about the new things. And um, how efficient their new code is and how quick yeah, it is. And yeah, right. how quick it is and, and all the cool things we can do with it. But what, what they sometimes lack, and particularly if they've been in the industry for a long time, is an accessibility first mindset, right? So being right. able to, to sit down with them and say, here are all the cool things this technology can do. Mm, but mm. don't forget at the core, we're doing this, we're creating applications because people are on the other end, right? And mm, we need mm. to make sure that people can access those. And it might sound so simple and so base, but without thinking about that, without coming into it with an accessibility mindset first, then the developers who are creating the applications and the digital experiences people are using are going to, they're not going to make them something that everybody can use. And as we talked about before, if it, it's kind of like locking the door, right? It's locking the door on a brick and mortar store if yeah. you make that that application accessible to everybody. Mm -mm -mm. So, I mean, that, that deals with the developers getting together and having that discussion. But when it comes to stuff like, you know, and you mentioned it just now, digital experiences. Um, how important is it to you for your end users uh, to give you feedback on what it is that they are missing? You know, because like you said, you know, the developers would come to you and you'd have these discussions about all these cool things that they could do. And I, earlier on, I gave you the use case of my mother. Uh, yeah. And we all have millions of use cases, but how important is it that, you know, 
essentially the end user comes to you and says, Sarah, this is what we're missing. This is what needs to happen. Oh, I mean, it's it, 100%. It's, it's one of those things you don't know what you don't know, right? So, right. Um, but but as, a, as a developer, as somebody who's creating an application, you need to be thinking about your user and end user and every scenario that they could be using the application for. So user testing is is a huge, um, user testing and user feedback is it's a huge part of the application development process for right. any digital experience. So um, you need to have that feedback. And here's here's an example. A lot of times, and there's a there's we don't even know how people are using our technology, right? So if they don't tell us, or if we're not asking, moreover, right, um, we are going to miss out probably either on um, kind of some key functionality that we should be adding in, or people could be dropping off or not just simply not using the application because we don't. We don't know, um, but there there have been um, there have been times there was an I, I want to say it was Boston uh, Mass Transit. They found out at one point this was many years ago that people were actually using their application um, not necessarily for their train times or for their you know or their bus schedule, but for weather. Um, you know, and so wow. understanding why people are using your application also makes you, and that, that's not talking about it being accessible necessarily, but it is, right? Why are why is somebody using this application? What are they using for? What are they getting out of it? And so, you know, I think if we can, if we're asking our users why, why they use the application, what's working for them, what's not, then we're going to have a better, uh, you know, a better experience across the board. Right. And as we said, better experience means people actually use the application. Um, another example, my, my daughter's school district has um, has an, an application that parents log into all the time to see, you know, how many absences they have, what are grades. And they actually have an accessibility widget on the side saying, you know, if you need this application, if you have some a disability and click on this. The problem is that that widget can only be moved in so many different places and it actually covers important um, portions of the application. So if I have right. it in one worry, I can't use, you can't use the application. And so you think about that and it, there's some irony there, right? They, they were thinking about the right thing, but yeah. it wasn't implemented correctly. Um, yeah. And so by, it, had they done some user testing, had they looked at yeah. how people were actually using the application, they would have understood that they're actually, by trying to make their application accessible, they are making it inaccessible for a lot of people or for right. everyone. Two steps forward and one step back. Exactly. Right. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, that's obviously that's a challenge, and and that. It, what do you think are some of the, the the more common challenges when companies try to implement human centered design? You know, they obviously, like you just mentioned, they have it in their head that they want to do it. Right. Maybe maybe they don't know how to implement it correctly. Exactly. I think I think one thing as a um, as a community um, in tech, we we are pushing hard for people to have an accessibility first mindset, and I think yeah. that that means uh, we need to modify the way we do our training. Right when when we're thinking about how we're educating developers, how we're educating uh, people who are creating those applications, making sure that they're thinking about that first. Um, yeah. Before thinking about are we doing user testing? Are we asking for feedback? And when we're getting the feedback, are we actually listening? Um, I think that. <laughs> That's something yeah. that, um, you know, I, I've been in a number of uh, of developer meetings where feedback's given and they're like, oh, you're just not using it right. Like, but 
Mm. We need to, and then then that goes back to how and why are people actually using your application? Because what you might find out is that you're they're using your application to check the weather instead of to find out what time the train's coming. Um, yeah. And so those are the kinds of things where you need to really get in their shoes. And there are so many different ways you can do it. And you don't have to be a, you know, from a technology perspective, your developers don't have to be user test. You know, they don't have to have a, a degree in user testing, right? But they yeah. do need people to listen. They need to set up a forum. You can do blind testing. You can do uh, testing where you get on. There's actually a, 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 um, a movement a while back called Grump UI uh, and Drunk User Testing, where people like you not would get into a room, they'd get a little bit buzzed, and then they'd try to um, to use your application and they provide feedback for a feed. So, now that sounds like my ideal way of dealing with uh, with feedback. Yeah. <laughs> now, there are some obviously there are some um, flaws in that in that process. Just because <laughs> drunk might might not be you know thinking straight, but it's also it goes back to the theory that you shouldn't, it should be simple. Using an yeah. application is simple. And so if you think about, uh, if you go into creating that application with that process, making sure people don't have to jump through, you know, five different pages to get to a form to fill up, making mm. sure the form, a form is, um, n- doesn't time out too quickly. I don't know yeah. how many times in our form that says you have, you know, going back to game tickets, you have, nine minutes to buy these tickets you know that could be could be enough time or maybe somebody just broke their arm and they're trying to type with one hand right yeah, you know yeah. that's not enough time um so you know being able to to think about all of that um is going to make it, it's going to make your application usable i mean that's yeah. Really <laughs> yeah yeah okay before i let you go uh, i've got a couple of questions which i think i can roll into one really and it, it's about um, the kind of potential emerging trends that we might see in, in human-centered uh, design. And I, I guess um, how that might shape the future of tech. Right. I mean, I think we'd be remiss to not talk about artificial intelligence when we talk about the future of tech. You know what? I was hoping to get through one conversation this month <laughs> where I don't talk about it. <laughs> Clearly no. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think there, you know, when you think about the future of tech, you know, you talked about your mom wanting to go into the bank and actually talking to to a woman, right? Um, And there's a lot of talk about, you know, how artificial intelligence is going to replace people's jobs and all of those things. What it's not going to do, though, is it doesn't have, um, at least right now, and let's hope not any time in the future, it's not sentient, right? It's not going to have emotion. It's not going to have... There's no empathy. There's no empathy, 100%. Mm. And so when we think about that, you can begin to, um, from a technology perspective, you're going to see more and more people moving in that direction, right? That we need to, there are things that we can do to make it easier. But if we're not thinking about humans, if we're not thinking about, if it's not a human-centered design to begin with, no amount of AI is going to is going to make that it actually is going to make things worse right yeah. so yeah. when we think about emerging you know what's what's what we're lo- looking forward looking in the future we need to think about how do we make those interactions how do we leverage that kind of technology in a way that is um that that thinks about the human side of software right that thinks mm-hmm. about about the humans on the other end of that application um 
you know, that's probably the biggest thing from a technology perspective. And then I would go back to 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 my call for all technologists to think about um, human human centered design and the humans behind the software, humans using the software um, when they're training, and to really start thinking about about making sure that we build accessibility and inclusivity into into our products and into the way we train developers to to build products. Um, because without that, you know, it, again, we're going to, we're going to shut out a lot of people. Um, and the more we rely on technology as a society, um, the scarier that proposition becomes. Obviously. Yeah. Because we're only going to become more and more reliant as on it as, as, as we move forward. Right. Absolutely. I mean, think about it. I, I, I we're probably, I'm wearing a watch right now that is, yeah. you know, that's, that's my, my computer. You told me that. Yeah. <laughs> Growing up, I would have not have believed you that that was an option. Um, even glasses, AR, VR, um, you know, there's so many things that we're building technology into um, and that we're going to start relying on and stop interacting with humans. We need to make our, we need to make our technology more human-centered. Okay. Sarah, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. This has been a great conversation. I really appreciate your time. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me this morning. Folks, that was Sarah Fatt, the Director of Technology Community Relations at Progress. We've been speaking about a critical yet often overlooked aspect of the digital world, of course, a human-centered design, especially in the context of accessibility for people with disabilities. Um, if you missed any part of the show, don't forget you can download the podcast a little bit later on. Um, I recommend using the BFM app. That's available in the Apple App Store or Google Play or Pet Talk. My name is Rich Bradbury here on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.